And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Hi again, everybody, and welcome once more to Greenlight Reviews, the show where we love to talk about the movies, and we're just about to do that today. My name is Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And today, Ann, we are going to review a film that starred Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. It's called Surrogates. Yep. It's a science fiction film directed by Jonathan Mastow and written by Michael Ferris and John D. Brancato. Right. It's based on a five-issue limited edition of a comic book series called Surrogates, and that one was written by Robert Vendetti. You know, I'll bet the comic book was a whole lot better than the movie. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Well, first of all, there were only five books issued, so I'm sure it was shorter to get through. That would have been helpful. That's true. This movie is only 88 minutes long, by the way. It's already too long. It is already too long, because Bruce Willis plays an FBI agent named Tom Greer, but like everybody else, he has a surrogate. These robots, these surrogates, look exactly like human beings, Mm -hmm. except when you take a close-up, we see that they look very, very plastic, very, very blank. There's no expression on their faces because, let's face it, they're machines. They bear a certain resemblance to Stepford Wives. I thought of the same thing, too. Mm-hmm. The human beings live in isolation, and they interact in the world through these surrogates. Mm-hmm. In other words, those people who are living in seclusion have surrogates who act on their behalf. That's right. Okay. That's right. But Tom Greer mm-hmm. is forced to leave his home for the first time to investigate the murder of some other surrogates because up until this time, there were no murders. Right. We see early on Bruce Willis's surrogate, and if you're looking for one of the best laughs of the year, Bruce Willis is made up to look approximately 30 years old, <laughs> and he is wearing the most bizarre blonde hairpiece you've ever seen in your life. I thought he looked like Sonny Tufts. Exactly. (laughs) I got such a kick out of that. And I honestly think that Bruce Willis, who has such a wicked sense of humor, I think he went to the makeup department and wanted to put on a wig that would be the silliest one he could find. Bruce Willis is no fool. He had to know that this movie was absolutely so outrageous, so awful, that he'd have to do anything to get through the shooting of it. So I'm sure he made them put on that crazy wig. I have no doubt of it. And as I say, for me, it was the best thing about the movie because I laughed for 10 minutes. Well, let me say this, Les. I wish I only had had surrogate to go to the movie to sit there and watch it for me (laughs) so I could stay at home and be cozy in the comfort of my house. That's right. Live in isolation and send our surrogates to see movies like this. Rada Mitchell is also in the film. She plays Bruce Willis's FBI partner. Her name is Peters, and we don't realize at the beginning that she is also a surrogate. Everybody's a surrogate. (laughs) You can't keep track of them. Bruce Willis also has a very, very beautiful wife named Maggie, played by Rosamund Pike. Mm -hmm. And we love looking at her, but occasionally we are allowed to look at the real Maggie in isolation in this little room, and she doesn't look nearly as good. She's much older. She is made up to look pretty bad. Poor Rosamund Pike 
but we do see a lot of her as her absolutely drop-dead gorgeous doll that Willis is married to. You know, Les, one of the problems with the script is that it's never made really clear why the robots are inhabiting the Earth. There is no threat to the human beings that we're told about. So because there's this giant hole in the story, I found the movie to be really frustrating. I was frustrated because I couldn't get a real hook on the story. I understand that some of the surrogates have been murdered. And by the way, when they die, their bodies fly open in spots, their faces or their chests, and we see the electronic stuff inside rather than real people. And those particular scenes look like a film dating back to the 1950s, like The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. It's so silly. There's another twist to this movie, too. There's this vagrant human meatbag, I think he's called, that goes around shooting these robots, killing them, and we don't know why he's doing that. But then humans are also killed. Does that sound convoluted? Well, it should, because that's the problem with the script. Everything is confusing. Nothing makes any sense at all. That's what I said. I couldn't find a hook in the script. Correct. And I understand that science fiction movies are supposed to to be outre, really out there, and cutting edge and all of that. But I look back to the masters of science fiction, people like Rod Serling, and I check out their scripts, and even though they were out there, they were grounded in some kind of logic so that you could get in there and understand the point of the script. This was pointless. It really was. I sat there waiting for something wonderful to happen. Ving Rhames is also in the film, one of my favorite actors. He plays the prophet, and we all think that he is a human being rather than a surrogate or a robot. He has ridiculous hair himself, and he shows up to make speeches a lot. The person who created this whole business is played by James Cromwell, another wonderful character actor. Absolutely. He plays Dr. Cantor, and we don't really see very much of him in this film, and it's okay. You know, I thought there was one sequence that had some promise, and that was when the Bruce Willis character and his colleague go into what I call a surrogate store, where they try to buy another robot to replace the one that Bruce Willis's character has killed off or has been killed. And I thought that was kind of fun because you could see all these robots there, and Willis was trying to figure out which one would fit him the best, and it was sort of like he was buying a suit of clothes. Exactly. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Apparently, in this movie, they're making the point that people can have more than one surrogate if they have a lot of money. They can have one that looks just like them, and if you're incredibly wealthy and can afford more, then you can have surrogates in several sizes and shapes. It was kind of like buying a car. Is Gregory Peck available? I'm <laughs> yeah. saving up. Right. I agree. Anyway, I thought the movie was dense and slow-paced, and I thought, like you, Les, I think that the special effects were really cheesy. Yep. So as a result, I am not going to say anything nice about this film at all. <laughs> I'm giving it a red light. I have no problem with science fiction. It's not my number one genre that I love, but I have enjoyed many, many sci-fi movies. This one isn't even close. So I am giving it a big red light. Okay, confusing, nonsensical, most of all just silly, silly, and silly. And then there's that horrifying wiggy Bruce and then the balding Bruce. I don't know which was worse. So for me, surrogates, another red light. All right. From Ann Elder and from me, two red lights for surrogates. Starring Bruce Willis, Rada Mitchell, Rosamund Pike, James Cromwell, and Ving Rames, Directed by Jonathan Mostow and written by Michael Ferris and John D. Brancato. Oh, I hope we have a better 
movie ahead of us than this one. I certainly hope so. I'll bet all you people do too, because until that time, I, Les Roberts, and Ann Elder, are hoping we're going to run into you, this time having a terrific, terrific afternoon or evening at the movies. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.